And we welcome you to the Wednesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. I am really pleased that I can spend most of today with uh, Racine County Executive Jonathan Delagrave, who was on the program not too long ago. And uh, we're glad to have him back, uh, in part at least, to talk about his own uh, all-too-personal encounter with uh, COVID-19. But uh, we're going to start our conversation today uh, with uh, his update on what Racine County experienced uh, late Monday afternoon into early Monday evening with, of course, a ferocious storm that uh, tore through actually Racine, Kenosha, and Walworth counties and to a large swath of Wisconsin even beyond. But it sure seems like we here in the southeastern corner of the state uh, took uh, a major brunt of this uh, incredible storm. So we're going to start there. First of all, Mr. Delagrave, we uh, welcome you back to the morning show. Thank you for making time for this conversation. Oh, thanks for the opportunity, Greg. Greg. Glad to be here. So uh, what was the storm like for you, and uh, where did you uh, experience it? I'm just curious where you were late Monday afternoon. Yeah, um, so I was at a human services meeting um, at our human services building, and it was a virtual meeting. I was with two other staff, and uh, we were having the meeting, and you could just, there was a panoramic window that we were looking out so we can kind of see this whole thing kind of come at us, and uh, it, it made for interesting viewing for sure. Never seen anything like it, and um, kind of just saw it all happening. Our, our internet connection kept going in and out. Uh, we were able to get through our meeting, but yeah, it was certainly a um, sight to see. Hmm. So what can you tell us about the kind of damage that was sustained by uh, Racine County and also some of the specific Racine County official facilities that sure. I understand well, I, uh, suffered some damage? Yeah, as we were talking a little bit before, Greg, uh, you know, a hundred year storm is four and a half inches of water for over a 24 hour period. So to put it in perspective, we got, you know, parts of Racine County got five inches of, of water or rain in one hour. So you can just imagine just how um, intense the storm was, you know, from, from a standpoint of power outage, we still have 5,000 people who have not gotten power back since 430 yesterday or on Monday, I should say. And then um, a lot of basement flooding, a lot of damages to, to, to our businesses. Um, you know, and then in terms of, of county, we, we, took, we were kind of in the eye of the storm. Our courthouse got severely damaged, uh, mostly by flooding. Um, our county board chambers, which is west of the eye, got a lot of flooding. And then one of our parks got a sinkhole and damaged some of the piping or infrastructure. So we, we did see a lot of um, damage around the county, not just in particular to county buildings, but just with our residents as well and businesses. Right. As far as you know, there was, there was nothing in the way of significant injuries from this storm? Yeah, as far as I know, uh, the, the, the positive is that you know, we, don't, we don't have, uh, as far as I know at this point, no injuries or, or um, nobody, no loss of life. Right. And uh, I'm sure you are as appreciative as any of us are about uh, the quick work of, for instance, We Energies and others to try to uh, uh, address some of the uh, immediate damage of the storm. Yeah, we're really grateful. I know, I know some of those, like I said, 5,000 people are probably a little frustrated because they haven't got their power back on. But, you know, m uh, most that lost power got their power 
um, situation taken care of pretty quickly. So, you know, I, I do have a lot of empathy for those 5,000 residents and hopefully uh, today they'll get everything, everything will be turned back on. Right. And we want to remind our listeners that uh, we are recording this interview actually on Tuesday morning. So it's actually as of Tuesday morning that some 5,000 Racine County residents were still without power. And uh, one certainly hopes by the time this is airing Wednesday morning that uh, everybody is back up and running. That's, uh, that's of course, what we want. My wife, uh, parenthetically, works for a flood damage rest- restoration company. And as you can well imagine, they're phone is ringing off the yeah. wall and so there are a lot of people that sustain quite a bit of damage from this uh this incredible storm um so uh glad to get your uh, your summary of of what we experienced in racine county um before we get to kind of your own personal story uh let's turn to kind of the other storm engulfing us right now which is this uh, covid19 um and uh we're going to be actually talking with uh uh, a couple of representatives of the Racine County Health Department uh, in the next couple of days on the morning show. But uh, from your perspective, first of all, before we get into your own personal story, how are things looking in terms of, of how we are dealing with COVID-19? Well, from a resources standpoint, Racine County is in really good shape. We, we were able to um, help our businesses out with personal protection equipment. We've amassed uh, quite a stockpile. Um, you know, we're, we're working uh, hand in hand with our health departments, especially uh, the Central County Health Department. In terms of contact tracing, we have a lot of community-based testing going on. Um, but it's, it's really important that, that individuals, uh, especially with compromised immune systems, may maintain vigilance with, with protecting themselves and, 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 their, and their loved ones. It's, I think it's unfortunately going to be here a while. Hopefully it dissipates, but we all have to maintain a, a track of, of staying healthy and doing what's best given your pers- everyone's personal situation. Right. I wonder if you have any comment on the kind of the sticky matter that has arisen uh, here and, and elsewhere in Wisconsin when it comes to enforcement of the governor's uh, mask mandate and, uh, uh, and, and in terms of the role that, for instance, uh, county sheriffs and other law enforcement prudentially could play in the enforcement uh, of that, uh, quite a few officials, including I think in our own area, are taking a little bit of a hands-off approach. Do you, do you have a, a perspective on that you want to share? Well, I, I, I do, Greg. I mean, I think that, you know, ultimately it's pretty hard for me to ask our sheriff and the hardworking members of the sheriff's office to to enforce a, an ordinance that it's quite cumbersome to do so, and then you know, and then our district attorney, you know, willing to take on those those cases if it's enforced. Um, capacity is stretched thin, and I really believe that um, you know most people are going to do what's best for themselves and best for their family and friends and. You know, most people are wearing masks in Racine County, whether there's an ordinance or not. But to put an enforcement on on law enforcement and putting another layer on our district attorney's office, it's pretty difficult to do, especially when, um, you know, like I said, most are wearing a mask. Most believe that wearing a mask is important. Um, and that's kind of where we stand. For those of you just joining us, I'm speaking with Racine County Executive Jonathan Delagrave. Um, 
And uh, we're going to uh, turn now to uh, what really prompted this invitation for Mr. Delagrave to uh, return to the morning show so soon after his previous visit. We again appreciate you making time in your busy schedule uh, for this conversation. Um, As many of our listeners perhaps know from the news release that uh, was sent out, uh, you yourself ended up testing positive uh, for this uh, coronavirus. Uh, Tell us, first of all, uh, at the outset, were you experiencing symptoms that prompted you to to get tested? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's a really good question, Um, Greg. So what I... I can remember the day I was in my office on Wednesday. It was a Wednesday and I had a little bit of a coughing spell, but other than that, I was fine. And then I woke up Thursday and actually I I had taken a planned day off and I golfed nine holes, but you know, through the round I could, I started to get a headache and feel a little achy. And when I was done, I immediately went and got tested. So I didn't have, uh, you know, severe symptoms, but I definitely was experiencing some symptoms. For sure. Do I remember that this was back in June at some point? It was the Thursday when I first ex- started um, feeling symptoms. It was the Wednesday before Memorial Day weekend. Oh, okay. So, so actually yeah. late May that, yes. so, so tell us where you uh, went to be tested and, uh, and what that COVID test was like. I think for those of us who have not needed to or had reason to be tested, we're kind of curious about what at least some of these COVID tests are like. Where did you yeah. get to be tested? So as soon as I got off the, the golf course, I went immediately got tested in, in the city of Racine at, the, at Festival Hall. Um, it opened at 11, and I was there at 1030. There was a little bit of a line. Uh, but got through it quickly, and and I was a little nervous about the test because back then, Greg, um, testing had just started, and you kind of heard, well, they're gonna they're gonna have a swab and they're gonna put it up in your nose, and it may hurt, and you know, so I was a little nervous about that. Um, but the National Guard did the testing, and what I can tell you is, the first part is when you're when you're going to to let them know who you are make sure you spell your name loud and clearly because they misspelled my name and it ultimately cost me 3 days of not knowing and they Oh my Spell your name clearly, uh, everybody who's listening. <laughs> even if you're, um, the, even if you're the Racine County Executive. Yes, spell your name clearly for sure. And so got tested and then um, I was expecting to hear back on Monday because it was a Thursday, and then I called, didn't hear anything. Well, first of all, um, the swab itself, the swab itself, Greg, that that went up my nose, it didn't hurt. It it actually tickled. It did cause a little bit of of tears, tears, um, watering of the eyes, I should say, but it did not hurt. It, it like I said, it more tickled than anything. Um, so got that done, and then. Uh, Really started to feel sick on Friday and Saturday. Um, didn't think I had COVID though. At that time, it was just such a small percentage of people that you just you never think it's going to happen to you, right? Right. And can you just specify what your sure. symptoms were as you were feeling increasingly sick? What kinds of ex- uh, symptoms were you experiencing? Yeah. So I had I had the headache and achiness. Um, you know, I I didn't have in in a slight temp. 
those were my symptoms. And uh, there, there are so many other symptoms associated with this, but those were my symptoms. Um, and then uh, that went through the weekend. I called, they said they lost my test. So then I went over to Ascension and they allowed me to get a same day test and result. And then just as I was about to do that, the National Guard had found my test. They had misspelled my last name and they said, you were positive and had to quarantine. And then, you know, from there, a ripple effect happens because I have kids, and my wife, and my wife has a compromised immune system. She has a severe Crohn's disease. Mm. Through that process, again, my family got tested and they all tested pos positive as well. And so really, I think an understated point that, that um, happens is when you're in quarantine for 14 days is you're in 14 days pretty much with your family. And those are also uh, can be challenging as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure my wife could tell you a lot more about the challenges of, of living with me constantly for 14 days. <laughs> and I can tell you about the challenges of living with my kids for 14 days for sure. But, um, you know, through that 14 days, Greg, I was pretty lucky. Like I said, I had three days maybe four that I felt awful or under the weather. My kids again, didn't have, they were asymptomatic. So, but my wife got pretty sick. Um, not, not, not in a way where she, we were ever having to think about going to an ER or consulting with a physician, but she felt pretty awful and was pretty much bedridden for, for two weeks. Wow. Were you told by your, your doctor to do anything in particular aside from remaining in quarantine? I mean, for instance, were you advised to try to treat your symptoms with over-the-counter medication or any anything else to try to weather this period? So... Um, I only really talked to my doctor once and it was more just to let him know that I had tested positive. Um, it didn't warrant me to really have significant, um, my symptoms didn't warrant me to have significant contact with my physician. But I will say the one thing is, you know, for me, temperatures um, spiked and then, and then regressed, spiked and then regressed. So my doctor was like, please just take some, um, acetaminophen or Tylenol or Advil when you do have a temperature that spikes. So I had a 103.9 wow. for a day. Um, but taking Advil brought that down and then it would come back up and then you'd take another Advil. So controlling your temperature with that was, was really the only thing that my doctor told me. Um, in my wife's case, she was consulting with her physician quite a, quite a bit because she had a compromised immune system and she had to do some other things that, that. Hmm. How did you end up passing the time during quarantine? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a real challenge. Um, we had some nice weather that week. So I was out of my backyard quite a bit, um, wanting to get some fresh air, um, watching and a lot of Netflix and, and reading. <laughs> um, there was no sports on at that time. That's, that's something that's an interest of mine. There was really no shows that they were all reruns, really. So just a lot of uh, streaming and, and reading. Um, my son and I built three replica stadiums, uh, Camp Randall, the Cole Center, and Miller Park out of Legos. 
<laughs> so that took some time as well. But, you know, ultimately that's, that's how we pass time. For me, one thing I'd like to add, Greg, is that we, um, you know, another residual effect of COVID is you're just laying or sitting down so much. So my back really started to hurt. Um, that was one of the bigger challenges for me is just your back gets sore because you're just not up and about. So mm. um, that was a point. And then and the last symptom I really had, Greg, is my a few days my heart would race at night. I don't, this is going to sound a little weird probably to your listeners, but I don't like to hear the sound of my own heartbeat. And I could, at night it would, it would happen. So navigating that was, wasn't always the easiest. And that was a symptom I think that, um, also that I had as well. Wow. During this time, were you, in a sense, completely off of work? I mean, were you on sick leave for those two weeks, or were you at checking in at least from time to time in the office? Um, no, I, we, had, we had a lot of uh, phone. We, we were doing a little bit of Zoom at that point. Now we're doing a lot of Zoom. Um, you know, emails, things of that nature. That actually really helped me as well. Just waking up, checking my emails. Um, so off in the standpoint of, of not up and about, but certainly communicating to, to my staff and them communicating to me of what's going on, making some decisions. So, you know, my job is, is one where you can be um, if you are sick or need to be quarantined, you can still do some of it um, and, and, and still make decisions and attend meetings virtually. Right. I read in the news release that uh, you have no clear idea or firm idea of where or how you might have contracted COVID. Do you have a couple of theories at least, or uh, or, or, or is this really a mystery? Um, I have one theory. So none of my staff who I was around got it. Um, none of my friends who I played golf with the day before I, that I felt symptoms got it. So I, I think I have a friend who was asymptomatic that I accidentally, um, took a drink of diet Coke out of his bottle just by mistake. I honestly think that's where I got it because otherwise I, I really don't know. I, it's a mystery. Right. So you've been yourself uh, pretty careful through all of this. So you, as far as you know, it's it was not for any kind of lackadaisical attitude that you might have harbored about COVID-19 and how serious a threat this was. It sounds like no, I mean, you've been taking it seriously. Yeah, we, I w- we were taking it pretty seriously because of my wife's condition. So it, it, we, you know, we ultimately um, were pretty vigilant about, you know, taking the pre- the necessary steps. I know um, my kids, we really didn't let them, you know, they weren't going out and seeing friends. They were pretty much homebound. So yeah, we were pretty vigilant and it still happened. Hmm. So once the two week quarantine was over, how were you feeling at that point? And were you able to go back to work and hit the ground running or were there lingering, uh, lingering side effects? I was lucky. I was, I had those first three, four days. And then I was pretty asymptomatic after that. Um, you know, two thirds of my quarantine was pretty much me being symptomatic free. Um, so when I got back to work, you know, I wanted to, you know, one of the things that I think 
is important for people who are recovering from COVID or fully recovered is, you know, there is a little bit of a stigma in terms of, should you be at work? Are you still symptomatic? You know, and I, you know, so a big part of my journey was making sure I was establishing trust, you know, mainly with my coworkers saying that I was safe. I, you know, and, and they were pretty, they were great about it as well, but you know, you want to make sure that when you do go back to work, that, it's something that your 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 coworkers or or your workers that you work with are trusting you, and and also that you're not putting them in a position of being um, potentially exposed to COVID. Right. So, what is your advice, uh, having experienced COVID, in terms of of how seriously you want people to take this, and what kind of precautions do you want to be? Do you want people to really encourage uh, you? Do you want to encourage people to really uh, follow as we uh, weather this together? Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for the opportunity for allowing me to even answer that question because it's 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 a big part of the reason why I wanted to be on with you today, Greg. Is that first and foremost, you want to um, take the necessary precautions that the CDC are recommending. Um, especially if you have a compromised immune system like my wife. So first and foremost, you know, don't get into large gatherings, wear a mask, um, you know, try to eliminate yourself from being put in a bad position, even going into elevators, for example, and make sure that, that you're doing that in, in a safe way. Um, and then ultimately, if you do get exposed to COVID, it, it's really rest in, in, in following your physician's orders. Um, from my understanding, you know, COVID affects every individual differently. Um, I was lucky, but you know, some, there are a lot that aren't so lucky. So again, it's, it's really working with your physician. I know that if you do feel symptomatic, you you don't want to necessarily go right to an ER. You want to contact your physician and and start a game plan that way. Um, So I think that's important as well. Right. Um, This last question I asked you is, is that the reason why you went public in the way that you did in terms of telling, telling the public uh, that you had, experienced COVID in this direct way? Was that the main reason why you wanted this story told? Yeah, it, it was. I, you know, I, I felt that, you know, talking to my wife and, you know, do, you, do we just keep this within intra-county government or do we, do we tell the public? And, you know, ultimately we came to the conclusion that, you know, if, if, if I can get it, anybody can get it. If I'm taking all the precautions, but still getting it, you know, anybody can get it. And we just want to know, we want to let people know that first, there's no stigma attached to being COVID, COVID positive. And, and second, if you don't have COVID, that's great. Take every step to continue to prevent because it's a very serious issue. By the way, I hope your wife is feeling better now. It sounds like she bore the brunt of this more than more than you did. Yeah, she really did. Um, no, she's back at work. She works at a, she works as in, in in our local hospital here, um, and she's now back at work and in one hundred percent. So I appreciate you asking. 
Great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out of what I know is a ferociously busy schedule uh, to, to tell us a little bit more about what you experienced with COVID-19. And I think it's, uh, it's a story that is worth sharing and that it reminds all of us to continue to be vigilant uh, about this and to do all that we can to, uh, to avoid being exposed. And uh, so I, I really appreciate you being willing to, to share your story. Jonathan Delagrave, Racine County thank Executive. Thank you again for being part of the morning show today. It's my, it's my honor. Thank you so much.